This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. All right, so the time is 11.36. It's kind of an abridged version of the view of the nation, and that's largely because we're in an outside broadcast. Uh, courtesy of the MEC for Finance and Gauteng, hosted in the building. So it's not hosted by, but in the building of uh, Stanham Bank. Simmons Street is the venue, and it's the CFO roundtable um, uh, with the MEC for Finance to try to see if you can unlock investments into the economic heartbeat of South Africa. Now, one of the ways in which cities make their money is through rates and taxes and rate payers paying for the services they receive from water to electricity to refuse and waste collection. Um, And we know that cities have to do that because, um, interestingly, the budgetary allocations for municipalities tends to be the lowest of all allocations that come from the Treasury. If I recall, it was uh, Ndiso Consulting that ran that uh, series on municipalities. And they told us that you're looking at a figure somewhere between 10 to 15% of money that is allocated to municipalities. So they've got to figure out the remaining 80%, give or take. And that's where rates and taxes come in. And this is why it's such a huge issue in the city of Johannesburg when you've got segments of society that say we will not pay for services because then how else must the city make its money and continue to serve? So that's just one question parked. But uh, according to a report written by Soyiso Mathati, who is a reporter for News24 in um, uh, KZN, Fed up ratepayers from the dysfunctional Eteguini Metro are withholding more than 1.2 million rands in rates and taxes in what is seen to be an unprecedented pushback against high tariff rates. Now, these ratepayers come from a suburb um, in uh, Durban called Westville. And what they have done is set up a separate bank account to hold their rates and taxes as the Westville community. They're refusing to give the money to the city of Eteguini. They'd rather let this money sit and earn interest in a holding account whilst the city figures out how they're going to provide services on time and affordable. And the reason is because there have been tariff hikes in the rates and taxes, but there hasn't been a commensurate servicing of this community. And so the community said, no, thank you. We'll keep paying, but all that money will sit in a sort of a trust account. And when we are satisfied, we'll pay it over to the city of Johannesburg. And so it is effectively a rate payers protest. And it is um, the rate payers invoking section 102 uh, of the Municipal Act that allows ratepayers to not pay the municipality if they have a question about increases in the tariffs. And in Teguini, Eteguini, electricity for one went up by as much as 21%. And I think so too have other services. And the people of Westville, so it's not all of Durban, it's just this one suburb, said 
No, not in our name. And so the question is, what does people's power look like? And I think this is one of those examples of it. And it's not even people refusing to pay. It's people refusing to pay without a commensurate provision of service. And so it's a different kind of protest. And so our question today is, what are the legal parameters for protest and how do you go about doing it? And we're joined by Peli Sangomo, who's an independent development economist and also the chair of the Oxfam board. Pelisa, good morning. Hi. Good morning to the listeners. Thank you so much. And we also have Mwekezi Mohaneng, who's a community activist. Mwekezi, good morning. Good morning, Elsie Larato, and good morning to Power FM listeners. Okay, thanks so much for coming through. So let's start with you, Pelisa. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this protest uh, by uh, the Westville Ratepayers Association in uh, Durban or the Eteguini municipality, but apparently uh, it's fully lawful what they are doing. So what do you know about citizens saying, we're not happy with the services, we will collect the rates and taxes, we will put it in a holding account, but we will not give it to the municipality? Mm-hmm. I'm not really familiar specifically about the similar case, but there is something similar that the residents of Cape Town had once done in one of the suburbs some time ago, where in fact they withheld some of the uh, levies to the municipalities, citing dissatisfaction, also citing the issues around the um, inefficiencies in the billing system. So this is exactly what the citizens are doing, exercising their own constitutional right in terms of the municipalities. We actually put pressure on municipalities to make it sure that not only their billing systems is correct, but also fundamentally that it actually meets its own both constitutional responsibilities and as well as, you know, the Municipal Systems Act Section 5, which amongst those is to make it sure that it mm. enables and contributes to the socioeconomic development upliftment of communities. Mm. And so, therefore, citizens are really starting to claim that right. And obviously, the implications would be that if a, a, a Trequini municipality is, does not move swiftly, because with the city of Cape Town, in fact, there's a very limited publicity about the case that happened about 10 years ago, because the city of Cape Town moved very swiftly in resolving some of the issues. And part of the issues they were even raising in Cape Town was around the valuation of properties and the systems that get used to evaluate properties, which they saw is quite extractive, but also very much undemocratic, that it's only the valuers who decide on the worth of your house. And obviously, it automatically increases the property taxes without even the owners knowing the value of their house. So All right, this is so, something similar, but I think the principle is actually correct where citizens are really claiming their own rights right. and using the record, testing the strength of the constitution and the legislative regime. Right. Have so what you're pointing, pointing Peli says that it's actually lawful and, and there are provisions of this kind of protest in the law. And of course, the caveat is the citizens are not saying we're not paying. They are saying we're paying. In fact, we're paying it into account X until the municipality does the right thing, which is a completely different thing from people who say we're not paying at all. Yes, um, I think it's, it's quite interesting um, the, the, the approach that the Westfield people are taking. 
of utilizing what we call non-violent uh, protests uh, in order to deal with their dissatisfaction. I think um, when you look at uh, in other cases um, where people use uh, blocking of the streets and uh, taking it to the street in order to protest against their dissatisfaction, I think it always results in in uh, some uncomfortability for the communities. So I think um, what they are doing is more or less similar to what uh, Soweto people are, are saying when they call for um, the flat rate uh, when uh, in as far as dealing with uh, the the debt that uh, we are always told about the electricity uh, electricity debt because they are saying. We are willing to pay, but we are willing to pay only if we agree on the flat rate. So it shows that communities are kind of uh, engaging in as far as how they deal with municipalities. Mm. Uh, but uh, we, we, I think we, we, we can uh, obviously see that the municipality is not always uh, consultative or it doesn't engage mm. with communities in as far as... Uh, Okay, I just want to challenge this issue of the flat rate because what you're saying is at the very least uh, communities like in Soweto are saying we're willing to pay something but this is the threshold and yet the cost of services uh, needs to be factored in. So a municipality, for instance, if we look at the electricity issue that Demo gets, um, they are getting electricity from ESCOM so they have to pay an ESCOM price per kilowatt hour then the distribution cost for them to citizens. And when you consider how much electricity costs, how the prices have been going up, etc., etc., a flat rate can't really work. It has to be a rate related more to the cost of providing that service. And that's a dilemma for the municipality. Indeed, that is a dilemma. And I think uh, that poses the question of what, um, they are trying to resolve here. I think if they are saying we agree that there is a problem with us owing the municipality, but they, 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 the fact that we owe the municipality is as a result of our poverty, we cannot afford in as far as the rates and the, uh, however uh, ESCOM is always... I think uh, they, they are always protesting against the tariff hikes I, I see now DA is also joining with taking the government to court. But uh, the communities are always, always uh, on protest against the, 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 the ever-increasing uh, cost of living. So mm-hmm. if the community is saying we are willing also to contribute, but uh, let uh, the authorities come to us, let's sit on the table and agree on the, 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 the amount which will be uh, able to service what uh, the the debt that uh, is currently in place, and I think uh, sometimes when we uh, we look at this issue, we we, we need to be um, we, we shouldn't just uh, take calculators and calculate uh, uh, the, the the expenses and uh, whatever. We should look at the realities on the ground. Uh, the fact that 
uh, people are not working. Unemployment is, is a problem in, mm. in South Africa. Okay. So we shouldn't just calculate as if we are doing haphazardly. We, okay. we should consider people on the ground. Yes. All right. Uh, Peli, yeah. so what do you say to that? Because... Mm-hmm. There's the mathematics of what it costs to provide services, and then there's the reality of pervasive poverty, unemployment, and inequality, and we can't discount those two things. So mm-hmm. both things are correct. Absolutely. In fact, that's exactly what I was thinking about when we were having this conversation, is that both arguments actually are quite correct, but there are a number of things that need to really be done. I think the first one is the fact that I think the demand for from Soweto is actually the demand of even other communities who may not be undertaking the you know the the non-violent means of non-payment, mm-hmm. the demand for people of Tanzania, Umlazi, Kailija, and it's actually linked to the cost of living. Mm-hmm. So what government actually really needs to do, and I think the pressure is coming up quite openly. You've made an, a, a remark in your opening that municipalities is just one sphere of government that is actually receiving even less than 20% of the total budget. And one of the key issues that we need to, and I think as economists have been calling for, is what we call fiscal reconfiguration. Fiscal reconfiguration really speaks to the fact that I think we need to accept that actually there's nothing, there's nothing called central government in any way. There is central government, but all of us live in municipalities. And if the closest municipalities or this sorry this this sphere of government that is closer to its citizens gets so underfunded, we are likely to actually sit through this crisis. And part of it as well is that our municipal or let me just say our public expenditure allocation is also based as well on the you know the Anglo Saxon system, which is a month that looks like you know places around uh, UK. So it's not really connected to. South African context. But obviously there's something else as well is that South Africans have really been losing jobs in numbers. Even pre-COVID, we actually have not had a very vibrant economy in a long time where the majority of citizens are really working and earning an income. So it means that, unfortunately, the fiscal policy has to really step in and support. So when we talk about fiscal reconfiguration, is that there needs to be an increased allocation with municipalities because the old reliance, and I think this is one of the key things that it's truly putting to test the whole notion of assuming that municipalities must actually collect yeah. revenues from property tax, from uh, um, yeah. revenues from electricity, but also in refuse collection and any yeah. other, you know, even sometimes on the, on the yeah. car tax systems. So it's kind of like turning that into its head, that in fact it's an old model, it's actually irrelevant for South Africa, and therefore it needs to be reviewed. I know that the Minister of Finance did kind of like, um, gave some signals that it's something that they are really looking at. And of course as well, it's around, you know, the review of the fiscal framework in as far as progressive taxation. It is not acceptable that in a country that is so well resourced, you only have just 10% of people who are wealthy, who are not worried about bread and milk, but is sitting with almost 80% of citizens who are actually worried about, you know, survival. Yeah. So, so the whole macroeconomic uh, framework needs to be reviewed <sighs> to actually deal with, you know, right. a, a, a plethora of issues which, who, which have an right. impact on citizens' inability to All actually right. pay for the right. and, and I mean, obviously you're calling for a complete overhaul of the model and I think many people would accept that. But when you mention that 
immediately, even I felt my back going up because I was like, no, but that 10% are carrying the 80%. And that's always been the argument is we think of 10% as rich people, but that 10% are actually the lower to, you know, to mid-range middle class. They are people who are one paycheck away from unemployment and poverty. And the more they are taxed, the higher the tariffs, the higher the rates, the more trying their own circumstances. And this yes. is why in South fact, Africa has this debt trap. Because no, all of that middle, missing middle, are mm-hmm. living on debt, is what, is what we're told. No, actually, you, I mean, in fact, it's the other way around. So the tax, it's, the, it's, the, it's really the richest, you know, the owners of the uh, means of production in this country, amongst those in the mining sector, mm-hmm. in the finance sector, etc. In fact, Lerat, by the way, the, 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 what we call, and I've just used this um, term for colloquial purpose in this conversation, mm. is the middle class, right? It's the one that gets pulled on a different side because it actually has no voice, by the way. It's unable to protest because it has to protect its creditworthiness within the system, yeah. which is, and then, but also it needs to provide. So it kind of like has to pay taxes by insulating the state so that the state doesn't go bankrupt. But also at the same time, that middle class in particular, which is mainly a bigger part of it, is made by you know black people because of mm. the, um, uh, uh, the much with the biggest in the population. But then also it has to support families who are actually mm. unable to support themselves. And so in essence, it needs to provide that trade safety net. So for example. When residents go on a non-violent uh, protest and not paying services, what then happens is that then there's a natural, what you call, cross-subdivision system that gets triggered, both mm-hmm. from a human perspective in that you are going to get a call right from your cousin who says, I don't have food today. That's a cross-subdivision. But also it's also embedded in the mm-hmm. African identity of human solidarity. But also there's another one, which okay. is structured, which is based in the, in the government system, where then they're going to start increasing your level right. in terms of electricity. And in fact, they're going to take away what you call your basic um, yeah. electricity and right. water services, which working class communities are. So, and then they'll have to push it back into black right. communities. So that they, they tend, and, and I think for me, one, and they, they call for reconfiguration of macroeconomic policy and specifically on fiscal policy is to fundamentally really look at what are the redistribution mechanisms Mm. we need to implement in this country to make it sure that we provide safety net for the poor and particularly for black women who currently constitute 42% of people who lead unproductive lives, who just rely on social security and they continue to do unpaid reproductive working families, developing systems and families, but they have no income. Yeah, I want to take the conversation back to this issue of citizens' rights and Dadimwagetsi Mohaneng because, yes, we're looking at the macroeconomic picture, the poor versus the middle class, and it's an ongoing conversation and we're not going to resolve it this morning. But again, what are citizens' rights look like and how do people protest? So there's been this sort of tacit conversation that we need to debrief South Africans. We need to talk about what is public infrastructure and what is not. That when you refuse to pay for services, what is the impact on your life, on your family, on your community not getting the services? When you burn public infrastructure, ultimately, what does that mean for the loss of services to the community? And often when 
citizens say they are taking matters into their own hands. These are the two things that they do which ultimately self-sabotage. So what the people of Westville are teaching us is there's another way to protest. What do you make of that? Uh, I, that I, I hear you. And I think um, you, your, your, your statement or your, your question, I think this regards the kind of violence and the kind of um, unpalatable and uh, very difficult situation which people live in uh, on the day-to-day life. So when people get to protest, it's uh, usually as a result or at the end, the outcome, or when people are showing that now they are tired. So in as far as the non-violent and the violent uh, kind of protest, I think it's always as a result of something. You know, when the municipality doesn't come to the table when uh, people engage with it, Usually, uh, um, the protest can go either way. I think we 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 we, we have observed how this um, must fall kind of happened just because of sometimes uh, the resistance to engage. So, um, yeah, what, what I think here is um, the non-violent um, approach that Westville people have taken. Uh, it's basically based on the kind of environment that um, mm. they, 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 they are okay. in. You know, when we also look at the kind of um, how people are not serviced and the corruption that happens, mm. I think it's a trigger for um, the kind of uh, protest that people may, may kind of uh, get in, involved in. And yeah. um, when, when I think when uh, one goes for a long time without... Uh, being serviced. It's not, uh, let me just clarify, it's not only uh, the poorest or poor people who connect mm. uh, to services illegally. I, I think here in Chilbeck we know um, of waterfront uh, situation where uh, the, the classy uh, suburb kind of was uh, was connected to water uh, for, I mean, illegally. So it, it happens when the services are not provided to people uh, according to how they should okay. be provided. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to bring you in finally, uh, uh, Pelisa Ngomo. And mm-hmm. the issue here is debriefing the mind as to different ways of protesting. But as Ntatemwa is saying is that if you still know you've got electricity and water and food on the table, then you can be civil about the way you protest. Whereas if you've been asking the councillor for the same thing for six weeks and it's not happening, people's energies and tempers start to flare and we need to be considerate of that. So my question is, what's a more, what's a smarter way of expressing what we feel when... Mm -hmm we feel disaffected as South Africans. Mm -hmm. And then finally, what is an alternative way to fund municipalities Mm -hmm. in this climate that we've described? Yes. I mean, I think the the first issue, by the way, is that there's a very clear uh, responsibility between municipalities and communities in as far as ensuring that the lines of communication are open. So the engagement is actually structurally designed in terms of the through the IDP process and that municipalities are compelled to interact with communities. So therefore, 
obviously, when there's a broken relationship um, and when municipalities are not, are not able to meet some the, the, the constitutional expectations, what that means is that obviously what communities are going to do is to really look at what they deliver that is available. Now, obviously, this morning we're talking about the nine violent nature, but we were familiar with the violent nature. In fact, leading to the elections, just the Russian Lerato as a journalist, leading to the elections, we're likely to see a lot of these projects going around where people actually associate their own political capital with a closer to election to their electoral power that they will use as soon as they do realize that political parties want to be voted in power because then that's the only time they can get into, they can get the attention in municipalities. Although the third issue, one of the issues that we've seen, by the way, and there's an admission by government that there's been a collapse of local governance. And the local governance is not government as it is, but it's that relationship that is important to keep communities vibrant, coherent, but also engagement and drive development. And we've seen it. I mean, one of the sites of that, you see it through portholes, by the way, and then services, water, etc., so for me, that's really something that municipalities must go back into the drawing board and really start activating the conversations that they require, but also actually, uh, you know, adopt transparent, um, transparency means of making sure that they govern. Right. And the se- second question is, fiscal policy needs to actually be reconfigured and fund okay. municipalities a lot more, but support them with capacity, with staff, because currently, we, you know, municipalities are really struggling. To have to attract capital people to go and work in politics. Thank you so much for your time. Like I said, it was an abridged version of the view of the nation because of the circumstances we find ourselves in in an outside broadcast. But I think we got a sense that there are so many mechanisms available to citizens when they feel disaffected. And one of them is what the people of Westville have done. Set up a trust account, a holding account, temporarily. That's where you all pay in your month-to-month rates and taxes. Just don't give it to a municipality that's not serving you until they act right. Uh, I want to thank you for your time this morning. We'll join you again tomorrow for Power Talk. But if there is a key takeaway for today, if you think to yourself, what do I remember about Power Talk today? It has to be the statement, South Africa is a circus without a tent. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.